Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this very special Where Are They Now edition of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. We are going to reconnect with Kate Williams. Kate had a wonderful episode about a year ago, which was all about self-care for private practitioners. She runs a private practice with her dad, who is also a speech pathologist in California, and they found a way to diversify their offerings by not only helping the people who were coming for speech therapy services, but also some additional holistic services for family members who were there with the clients or loved ones. This is a wonderful episode because it really highlights what kind of outside of the box therapy approaches that you can have. And so I can't wait to introduce you to not only Kate Williams, but also Michelle Ogston, who is providing some of these holistic services to the people at Santa Rosa Speech Therapy. This is a wonderful episode. Enjoy. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. So we have a very special episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast because we have a returning guest who has brought someone with her. So we have Kate Samples Williams here tonight, who's going to introduce herself and, and recap a little bit about where she was when we originally recorded her first episode about a little over a year ago, which was called Self-Care for Private Practitioners. And she has brought with her Michelle Ogston, who is going to share some more information about that. So before we dive in, can y'all introduce yourselves and tell us the name and location of your private practice? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. It's a pleasure to be here. I am Kate Williams and I own Santa Rosa Speech and Language Services here in Santa Rosa, California. Love it. And who have you brought on this evening? Well, I have brought on someone very, very dear to my heart. Super, super special (laughs) person to me. This is Michelle Ogston. And Michelle, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you so much. So thanks again for both of you having me on tonight. 
I am Michelle Ogsgen. I am a certified life coach. I own Cloud9 Life Coaching here also in Santa Rosa, California. I also am, however, John and Kate's office manager. I have uh, 16 years of medical office management experience, 11 exclusively with Santa Rosa Speech and Language Services. Fabulous. And so one of the things I know that, Kate, that you're very passionate about is helping everybody really with like avoiding burnout, with mindfulness, and with thinking about how to make our make more work-life balance and just make things easier for therapists. So that's one of the things that we talked about in your first episode. So listeners, go back and listen to Kate's episode. And also, just so I make sure that I get this in here, your Instagram account. Can you tell people where to find you on Instagram? Yes, my Instagram account is Santa Rosa Speech Therapy. Fabulous. Okay, so make sure you go on Instagram, follow her, send her a DM, say, hi, I listened to your episode, and this was my biggest takeaway. When we do these Where Are They Now episodes, we sort of like to kind of go back to maybe kind of where we left off. And I remember that we had talked about like, hey, maybe we should do one of these like in a year or something. And now here we are a year later. And it's been a crazy year because listeners were recording this in the beginning of June. We're still in the midst of coronavirus right now. So a lot is, is still kind of going on. Kate, catch us up. Like what has been going on for you over the last year? Oh, okay. As I reflect back in this last year, one thing that sticks out for me is I finished my doctoral program. So I was able to, thank you. Yay. So I finished that and I was able to find that, that mindfulness-based interventions do help with burnout with medical speech therapists. And so that was just really great to be able to validate. It was great to have another tool in the tool belt in terms of a self-care strategy that really pinpoints our population of who we are or part of us since that was just medical speech pathologist. And then the other thing, so that's me personally. The other part is a big thing that happened in our practice was gaining the expertise and knowledge of Michelle as a life coach. Love it. And so that's a great bridge to talk about how, how Michelle, have you started going, not just, I guess, offering office management here, but to tell us what this last year with Kate's practice has meant for you. So what we started to notice in the practice, probably maybe uh, since I have been there, but maybe progressively over the years, is that they would take the client back into the treatment room and then the caregiver, the parent or the spouse of the patient was left with me. And these people would end up crying, talking. I mean, the whole, the whole half an hour, the whole hour would sit with me and really divulge what was going on for them, the struggles, the things that were working, the things that were not working. And they would leave the office. And then I would confer with Kate or John about, Hey, did you know that this was going on? And then we would find that sometimes the behaviors or maybe why progress wasn't being made or had had an explosion was maybe directly related to something that the patient then could not have communicated, but was the spouse or the caregiver was able to communicate. So we started seeing this need for more of an intervention on the caregiver's side, sort of this well-rounded practice for life coaching and integrating mental health as well as speech therapy part. 
Well, that sounds very just intuitive on your part too, right? Like when I think of being in waiting rooms, I'm sometimes just like scrolling my phone. <laughs> but <laughs> but I also don't have a loved one who's maybe having a lot of therapy and that kind of thing, right? So I think how wonderful that you were able to take, you're just being a, a kind and gentle listener, right? <laughs> and then offering like some more clear kind of guidance and and coaching and that kind of thing. And so so now that's that's part of the practice, right? That's so how has that part how has like that part developed? So we have started to integrate a few programs. One of them is a caregiver's support group. And this is really for our clients who are spouses or caregivers for our traumatic brain injuries or aphasia. And we have about 15 people in that group. And it is a very tight knit group. They feel very like a lot of camaraderie. They feel not alone. And a lot of times when you have something that's going on, you feel very isolated. So just the mental health part of that sort of integrating this part into the caregiving and for the recovery for the patient is really helping. So we have had to transition a little bit to Zoom. So we have started doing Zoom caregiving groups here. But even in that, sometimes it's very simple when we talk about gardening or we talk about what are some great recipes that one caregiver can bring and then they share with the group. And so then they all have a new recipe to try at home. And then sometimes it's a lot heavier where we're dealing with issues who we have a few people who lost their homes in the fires here in California in 2017. We have two members who actually lost their homes. So we discuss heavier things or sometimes there's been another stroke or something that's happened, they've regressed. And so it's, it's really, I let, I am leading, but I really let them sort of empty out. So that's where we're going right now with that part. The other thing is, you know, you mentioned being in the waiting room and they were talking to you, right? But now they're talking to each other, right? And so there's such great power in having people who are actually going through this experience themselves, in addition to having you to facilitate, but to have that power of the group is really, really invaluable. Absolutely. And I mean, I am such a firm believer that we heal through others and we heal through other stories and really the camaraderie of the group of just knowing that really they are not alone. There's sometimes a lot of guilt or a lot of shame in some of the feelings, like if they're angry or they don't want to do this anymore. And just to be able to express that in a very safe place where these people are not going to be judging them, they are very much in all in the same boat. I think really allows them to sort of take off that coat of regret and anger and all these things that they hold on to and let that go and just really authentically be themselves. They have expressed being able to go back to their loved one and sort of feel re-energized and just to have one day to kind of just let it go and talk or not talk and listen and then go back, it sort of re-energizes them to provide that caregiving, which as we know, when you're treating patients is, it takes a lot and you do need something that can kind of re-energize you. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you have the support group for the caregivers and then what other programs are you have you developed or are you developing? So we're currently working on a parent group. We're gonna actually have two different types of parent groups. One will just be sort of a general parent group. It doesn't matter. Anybody can join. And then we have another one that we're working on for our parents of special needs children. 
They are definitely a very distinct group. I know Kate's father, John, who is also in the practice, has said that parents of children who have special needs need 10 more hours in their day. That is always so fascinating to me to think, oh my gosh, I need 10 more hours? That, how do you even find that? And so they need almost the same thing that the caregivers do, this special sort of group to just be able to say, oh, I hate this right now, or this is what's happening with my husband, or this is what's happening with my wife. And just being able to be in a very sacred space to unload, to then be re-energized, to go back, to be able to provide that care. And then the other one that we're working on is going to be a sibling group. Kate and I have talked about organizing a group for the siblings. What can they do? What can they, how can they help their sister or brother? Or what feelings are they having? Do they feel ignored because this one gets all the special treatment? Or are they scared? And there's definitely a variety of feelings, I think, in there that we have this group of people that has sort of gone, I don't want to say ignored, but almost ignored in a practice that really aids into the recovery of the client. Well, and I think that that's really important to recognize and give space, right? Like, I think that that's really what, what you're telling me, right? Is that you've recognized needs of <laughs> right. people in, in your practice, right? Who are not the, I mean, you're, you're obviously caring for those who have the disorder or the disability or difference, whatever it is, but now you're finding ways to care for the people who are also needing support right? And so I think that that's fabulous that you're finding ways to do this. And it sounds like it's been very well received. And again, that you've developed a need or that you've noticed a need and filled a void with that. So congratulations on figuring out how to do that. Thank you. Thank you to Kate and John too, for recognizing that this was something, you know, we used to joke that I was the Lucy of the office from the Peanuts cartoon. And I would they would go in their room and I would be the Lucy out there with my little five cent jar. And there is. And I think what's really beautiful about it is that the practice is actually providing whole care instead of just partial care now. It feels very well-rounded and just sort of this big, nice, comfy cushion of care. Everybody's being cared for. And I think all of us feel very proud and happy to be able to offer the services. Well, and also, Kate, you've, you've been caring for clinicians too, right? Through, through your mindfulness work, right? Yes. So I too am a life coach um, and a mindfulness practitioner. So I incorporate that for the professional side because like Michelle said, we really believe in a whole team approach and that team includes the professionals. It includes the person being treated evaluated and includes the whole team, whether that be family, caregivers, there's this ripple effect that happens. So the more that we can support the team in the ways that we can, the better outcomes I think we can produce with yeah. that type of approach. Well, I have another question related to that. So you started off and you you operate this this private practice with your dad too, which is also a really cool thing that she talks about in the first episode. But at what point did you start to think about offering some of these more holistic approaches? Because I think there's some percentage of people who are, are speech pathologists and they want to do private practices who are looking for something a little bit more like outside the box, whether it's more holistic or like animal assisted therapy or other types of therapy beyond like multidisciplinary OTPT. Like how did you make that decision to add these kind of services to your private practice? For me, it's twofold. So there, there was one 
both Michelle and I experienced this. It was something that happened to a client's or patient's uh, wife. That is something that really has stuck with me. I can't remember if I said it here last time or not, but I had a um, head and neck cancer patient come in with his wife. He had surgery that created lifestyle changes that were needed for rehabilitation further on. And they come in for their initial consult and the patient, the husband, goes to use the restroom. So I'm with his wife, who happens to also be his caregiver at the same time. And she just divulged all this information. I can't take care of him. I can barely take care of myself. How am I going to do this? Just this very panic and stressed approach of and trying to consult her. I mean, I had at that point, I had one counseling class that I had in my master's program that I was really trying to pull from. And I realized, you know, it's not always just about speech therapy. There's so much more to it. But going back to that story, so she was really expressed how difficult this new path was going to be for her. So what we did is we scheduled another appointment for the next day to make sure that they felt comfortable and they no-showed. They didn't show up to their appointment and Michelle was able to track down that this wife had actually passed away from a heart attack after our session because she was so stressed and everything that she had to endure during this. And so that was a really big wake-up call of wait a minute, this is not okay to have to go through this. And what can we do to support that? So that never has to happen again with a patient that we have. How can we best support this? So that's when I really started to dive into therapeutic approaches with life coaching and just knowing like people come into our facility for speech therapy needs, but that's really the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to that. Michelle, you can probably speak to this point more. And, and the reason why we wanted a life coach approach to things is because caregivers might be thrown into a caregiving position in a way that they weren't expecting or ready or know. So life coaching really is about, okay, now you, you have this in your life. This is a part of your life. How do you navigate from, from now to the future with this? And that's, Michelle, you can kind of elaborate on that in terms of how life coaching can really impact that in a positive way. Sure, exactly. So really the difference between, you know, a therapist or a consultant and life coaching is that life coaching starts from right now. So it starts from the present moment and move forward. And so many times people are, like Kate mentioned, are thrown into this moment. One day they were walking along and then the next day they have cancer or or they have a stroke, or they give, they give birth to a child who isn't progressing, and then they find out he has Asperger's. So life changes in these drastic moments, and we try to take from right there and move forward. So that, like Kate mentioned, people feel supported in all of the moments when they start with us, where life coaching sort of integrates all of that into one place, instead of just focusing on speech therapy, sort of focusing on the the whole package. And Kate and I are very outside of the box anyways, by nature and who we are. So for us, it was a little bit of an easier transition. We do have her dog as a therapy dog. So we already had integrated that. And so for us personally, I think because of just who we are, it was easier for us to say, you know what, this is really a need. We need to fill this void because we are very empathetic people 
And we really do believe in mind, body, and spirit really being integrated into how well you progress, which is really what we want. We want you to be, we want you to feel whole when you leave. Well, and I like that too, because in, in more traditional speech therapy, we think about like generalization, right? And we think about practice or whatever skill you're working on, how are we going to generalize that? But what this sounds like to me is like a, a much bigger sense of that generalization, right? That if you don't have other systems that are like, you know, set up for success, whatever you're doing in speech therapy, like might not come along or like it might hopefully, but it may not come along as well if the overall system that you're trying to operate in is struggling or isn't set up for success. So it sounds like that's part of what you guys are trying to achieve, which is really, really cool. Yes. Thank you. That, that really is. We, we're curious people and we want to know why aren't they making the progress that they need to? How can we help best support them to make that progress, to leave feeling accomplishment, to leave feeling more whole, like Michelle said? Just, yeah, that's basically a very nice summary of what you said. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. What is the future? I know it's always hard to like pick out the future, right? Especially like kind of right now, everything's a little bit up in the air. What are you hoping that the next year or so brings, right? Like if we do another check-in episode a year from now, what might your practice look like at that point? That's a beautiful question. (laughs) (laughs) I would say for me, the practice would look more as a center for, for support. That includes you get speech therapy needs, you get life coaching needs in whatever capacity. We try and help make a program that best fits for you and your needs. So really integrating both of those parts more deeply and, and see where that brings us. I would say, you know, it's, it's like speech therapy plus or speech therapy jazzed. It's this sort of souped up version of just traditional speech therapy, because there is a need for traditional speech therapy. And I, we don't want to make light of that. We just want to like pump it up a little bit to make sure that everything is being taken care of. And that's, I think if we're looking into the future, it would definitely be that blending the traditional speech therapy with really adding some very holistic touches to it, whether that be life coaching or mindfulness or meditation practices. I think Kate and I have also, you know, really expressed a desire to integrate that as well. So I think a year from now, hopefully, if everything goes beautifully, we will have these wonderful support groups for parents and caregivers, and maybe some meditation classes for professionals and workshops for work-life balance and just a whole big picture, like Kate said, a center, sort of a center for well-being for speech and other health-related services. I love that. I think people are very comfortable talking about family-centered therapy or client-centered therapy, right? People use those kind of terms all the, all the time, right? And so this seems like, like that, right? But like a little bit different, right? where it's still client-centered and still family-centered, but you're, you're now moving into also just more holistic, right? And, and thinking about those kind of... So I don't really know what I'm saying, but I, but I feel like people are very are interested in these kind of things and, and are probably wondering how to, how to add other services to their private practice. And for people who might be interested in doing more holistic approaches 
this is a great model for people to be thinking about. And it sounds like it's, you know, has gone very successfully for these clients and for your practice. And so good for you again, for recognizing a need and then filling a void to try to help people really make the kind of progress that they want and need to be making. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, to put my, my research hat on, what, what it shows is that burnout or compassion fatigue can impact quality of patient care. And so if you're not helping the patient and you're not helping yourself, then you're not going to get the most bang for your buck. You're not going to get the, the best outcomes possible. So that is, that's where we come in is we take the research and we work on the person, whoever that person, it's like, like the, it's like a target, right? So there's the, there's the patient in the center and then it gets a little bigger. Maybe that's the family. It gets a little bigger. Those are the caregivers. It gets a little bigger. That's the professionals involved. It gets bigger. That's the community that they're in and it just gets bigger and bigger, but we start and work our way out. I love that visual. And I love that idea of moving out because it all kind of starts with the one, right? And then branches out. And like you said, you know, different levels of connection, right? So you mentioned the sibling group, right? The sibling would then also be like one of the rings, right? So I I think that's a, a really, really cool way to look, look at it and visualize it. You should make graphics like that for your practice. We should. we should. I like that's we a great should. idea. <laughs> and if I could just put on my business hat for a second, is that they we also saw that there was a need to or way to expand the business. So in a time when things are really changing very rapidly, I think it's very important from a business standpoint to be able to change as quickly as you can to incorporate all different kinds of services and really think about what are some other needs of my clients or of my patients that I might be able to provide and can really keep my business going and thriving when maybe traditional speech therapy or drilling is not going to work right now. So that would be my business part to add. Yeah, no, I think that that's really, really important too, is that we always need to be thinking about diversifying income. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the things, ways that people sometimes get stuck is to have one income source. Right. And so then in private practice, people think, oh, well, that's my one income source. But well, it could be. Or you could think about, well, what else can you offer? Right. Can you offer groups? Can you offer support groups? Can you sell information products? Like, what are some of the other things that you can do to diversify? your income. Cause obviously none of us saw this whole coronavirus thing coming, right? That really mm-hmm. threw everybody for a loop. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who were just completely frozen in fear and just didn't know what to do. And there's been other people who have figured out like, okay, this is a, this is a road bump, but how can I use this time to either like reinvent myself, reinvent my practice, figure out other ways to, to serve. You mentioned zoom, right? or doing like online groups and stuff. So kudos to y'all for figuring out different ways to diversify income in the practice. And I think clearly holistic and and mental health and burnout related services are even going to be in greater demand (laughs) than ever (laughs) following what we're all going through right now. Yes, absolutely. I believe that that is a true theory. 
but I would <laughs> like to support be a part of the, the change. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before we wrap up, are there any other just pieces of, of advice or lessons that you want to share related to having a holistic practice or diversifying things or, or really anything? Kate, do you want to start? <laughs> do you want me to jump in? I, let me think about that. That's a great question. <laughs> okay, I'll start. I think right now it's very important to remember a few things. One is to be gentle with yourself. In this time when things are changing so rapidly and there's so much uncertainty, you can, I think, as you mentioned, Jenna, get frozen with fear of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my practice? What's going to happen to my clients? What's going to happen if I have employees? And my second thing would be to really think outside of the box, really sort of don't be afraid to brainstorm and just write down any crazy thought you had about maybe this would work. You never know when you start rolling with ideas of what really will start to resonate with you and what you're wanting to offer. And then my third thing and final thing would be to spend some time thinking about where your clients are coming from right now and what they might need from you and how you can really create that. It's one of the reasons why we sort of moved to a group setting because it is less expensive to do groups. And so people right now who are struggling financially, which some of our clients will be, it's a great way to still provide services and we still can make an income and everybody sort of wins. So those would be my three pieces of advice going forward into this like uncertain time right now. Love it. Fabulous. All right, Kate, what about you? What's, what's another takeaway? I think the biggest thing is everything going on in the world has provided an opportunity for introspection and reflecting internally and asking those harder questions about yourself and why you chose certain things for your job or why you're choosing this path for your career and, and to take that opportunity to really sit in the feelings, sit in the why, sit in with those harder questions that we get so busy, we don't have, quote unquote, time to really reflect on that. We've been given an opportunity to really go inward and, and figure out more of who we are, who we want, want to be and what we value. So that would be my, my advice is to, to look inward. I love it. Wow. This has been incredibly valuable. And I, again, I always like these, like, where are they now episodes? Cause it's just fun to see where people have come and for y'all to be able to have, everyone's using the word pivot, like so heavily, right? <laughs> this to me doesn't feel like a pivot as much as like an addition, right? That you took something that was working really well and you just expanded on it. And because of that, like you're not shifting gears, you're just like offering more of truly what, what it is that people need. And I think that, that that's a really, really important thing for all business owners to be thinking about, but y'all have been able to really make it work. And I think we'll, again, be able to make it work even more going forward. Absolutely. Yes. That's what we're planning on. Yes. Expansion. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you both for being on. I, again, I really thank you for your time and your expertise and you sharing what you've done that has worked for you and listeners. If this is something that you want to do, if you want to be expanding, not just what you're offering in your private practice, but specifically 
adding additional holistic services, feel free to reach out to Kate on Instagram. Say your Instagram handle again, Kate. Yeah, so you can reach me at Santa Rosa Speech Therapy. And Michelle has her own life coaching one as well. Mine is Cloud9 Life Coaching. All right. Well, thank you, Kate. Thank you, Michelle, for being on and good luck with these expansions. And yeah, I just, I wish you the best of luck. Thank Thank you very much for having us. You're welcome. (laughs) So how fantastic are Kate and Michelle? I really like how they've figured out how to diversify their services and bring in additional income for their private practice by offering something that is really necessary and very beneficial and helpful to the loved ones who are there bringing their children or their loved ones in for therapy. And now they're able to get therapy themselves. And it's just kind of a win-win for everybody. There's a lot of ways to have a private practice. And if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, hopefully you've figured that out. So I think it's fantastic that this particular private practice is offering some of these outside-of-the-box holistic therapies. And that is something that if you're interested in doing, you can also add that to your private practice. So if you don't have a private practice yet and you're interested in getting started, head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar and sign up for our free 60-minute training where I promise that you'll learn more about private practice in 60 minutes than you ever learned in graduate school. Then you can start your own private practice and even have one of these outside-of-the-box private practices that offer things like animal-assisted therapy, which actually Kate also does, but it didn't come up on the podcast. So again, if you're interested in starting your own private practice with your own specialty, your own niche, so that you can help serve the people in your community, head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar, watch the free training, and get ready to start your private practice. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time, and yes, make more money. I wanna invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part? These trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. 
And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.